0: Happy Hype Friday, Cake Nation, and welcome back to the Chemistry Cake Online Podcast, where chatting about chemistry has never been sweeter. Chemistry Cake is online, and today's sweet guest is a good friend of mine and nano-sister, Dr. Michelle Moutio. She received her bachelor's degree from Iona College and recently graduated with her doctorate from Brown University, so I think it's safe to say that the doctor is in. (laughs) Michelle, it's so, so wonderful to have you on the show today. How have you been? I I heard that you've been traveling.
1: Oh my gosh, So I'm really excited to be here. So thank you so much first for inviting me and the really awesome introduction. Um, So I did do a lot of traveling after I defended a little over a month ago. Um, So I went to Norway, uh, Iceland, and kind of just traveled for two weeks and forgot about everything so <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun so what was uh so so you went to Norway how was that was it was it cold
1: <laughs> um it wasn't too cold when I went um they just it just started snowing so only the tops of the mountains had snow on it okay but the rest of the ground didn't so it was really really pretty and I went kayaking when I was there um, so that was interesting okay yeah did
0: you enjoy your time was it a fun time
1: Yes, it was fun. So me and my mom went together, so it was a nice girls' trip to get away and just yeah, just debrief from the whole PhD life. Right. And start fresh.
0: That's wonderful. How how was Iceland?
1: Um, that was also cool. Um so we went to the Blue Lagoon, like the springs. We were such like tourists about it. <laughs> um but <laughs> you have to do it, so I did it. So
0: Right, of course. Okay, so very important question about this, was there cake?
1: Yes, there was my yeah. favorite cake, which is it's it's good that it comes up, but my favorite cake is the warm chocolate melting cake and I had that almost every night.
0: A <laughs> mate, wow. That so warm and melting and chocolate. Yes. Which sounds yes. like like an explosion of melty gooey <laughs> amazingness all right
1: yeah (laughs) that's like pretty much yeah it was the perfect way to end a phd perfect it sounds
0: amazing i'm i'm low-key jealous of of this i now want to go to iceland solely for this purpose (laughs) all right Um, Well,
1: yeah because they have they have volcanoes there so you know it makes sense that you have volcano melting cake.
0: right. so so they're modeling their cakes after their terrain, which I think is is genius.
1: It's yeah, it's a great marketing ploy.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, and something that you had mentioned before um, chemistry related was that your favorite molecule was iron oxide which we weren't clear if it was actually like a molecule. So we're just going to call it a chemical arrangement of (laughs) bonds. But you said you weren't going to tell me (laughs) one. And now I need to know, like before I wanted to know, but now I like (laughs) need to know. So, so, so I, I mean, can you please explain to us firstly how there are separate, like several types of iron oxide and then, which one is your favorite
1: yeah so iron oxide is kind of strange um, because it can form all these different um, types of lattice systems It can crystallize all these different ways Um, so there's um, hematite magnetite a whole bunch of other ones that just have different arrangements of iron and oxygen so different numbers of them different states of them um So I worked specifically with magnetite. So that was Fe304. Um, So we had a really neat synthesis in our lab where we could make just that type, um, which was kind of neat because sometimes it's hard to make only one type of iron oxide. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were trying to uh, make this catalytically active for um, different types of reactions. Um, But unfortunately, some people beat us to it Um, So there are papers published about using the same type of iron oxide for CO2 hydrogenation. Hmm. So just CO2 and hydrogen mixed together um, to actually form uh, gasoline-like arrangements of carbon. Um, So it's kind of neat that um, something that we think of as rust can end up being a catalyst. Um, But yeah, people beat us to it. So that project kind of, you know, fell away.
0: Oh, (laughs) Flaked like that. <laughs> um, anyway, so so, yeah. would I assume, so you did not, which of them then is your favorite?
1: My favorite then is, is the magnetite. It's the magnetite. The Fe304.
0: Right, okay. So, um, and which by the name we can deduce is magnetic, right? Yes,
1: um,
0: yes. You know, and the, for the folks that, that know me a little bit, I work with tiny magnets. So would you? Yes. Tell us a little more about your experience with these molecules like did you work with them solely as as catalysts were you making nanoparticles with them were you studying their magnetic properties.
1: Yeah. So I was almost solely um, focused on synthesizing them to use them as catalysts. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other people in my lab try to make you know, better magnets and try to study their magnetic properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are nanoparticles. Right. Uh, so I was a nanoparticle synthesis person. Um, So I mostly focused on trying to get them to be catalytically active. But with a lot of magnetic things, it's kind of um, sometimes it's kind of tough. So I would I would stir my reaction and then all of a sudden I would find that my catalysts, instead of being in the solution, would all be on the stir bar. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> so I <yeah>. would
1: <laughs> I'd be like, wait, this is this is a new problem. This is a new problem that nobody else in my lab has. Um so I went through I remember like I was so I was so convinced that my catalyst was gonna work that I like sat there and just started shaking it for like a half hour. <laughs> because I was like, no, I I can't, I can't stir it, but I think it's going to work. And then I I shook it (laughs) and everybody was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I can't stir it guys. And they were like, you know, they have like stir, like they have special stirs that you don't, you know, you don't need to magnetically stir it. So then finally we like got one of those.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) That was like my second year of grad school so I was already like one year in and I still was doing stupid stuff like that
0: oh, my gosh. <laughs> honestly though like you, you get creative you get creative like like if you don't yeah, have a yeah. or you don't know that a thing exists you get creative oh man
1: yeah it's kind of fun when when there's things that you that you like that you feel so passionate about that you're willing to do weird things oh, yeah. just to see if it works uh-huh
0: no I definitely <laughs> yeah. get that that's uh yep yeah. Oh man. Okay. So you work with you work with catalysts, uh, and and folks who are, Yeah. Yeah. This is really exciting. Um. So folks who know you on Twitter will know that you often tweet cat gifs for Cat catalysis Wednesdays. <laughs> so um, and I, I'm curious the reaction that you focused on um in your doctorate program was that the hydrogenation of of carbon
1: dioxide so no because i never actually got that reaction to work oh, I see. so um for the catalyst i was trying um but so by the end of my phd we started working on um biomass conversion reactions whoa so <laughs> yeah it was like it was kind of a big a big switch but it worked so that was good
0: biomass conversion reaction. You're going to have to explain that to me because I was like, yeah. what is yeah, what's yeah. On there?
1: No. Yeah. And and how does catalyst, how do nano catalysts fit into it? Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. So biomass, um, has been studied for centuries. People have been trying to figure out how to use biomass. Um, and it's broken down into three parts. So it's cellulose, Hemicellulose and lignin. Mm. And what chemists have been trying to do for forever is trying to make those three things into chemicals that are called platform chemicals. Mm. So, do some sort of reaction, some sort of acid hydrolysis, do some sort of um, fancy reactor setups to try to get to these platform chemicals at the end. And what's interesting about these platform chemicals is then. You can do interesting chemistry with them, um, trying to make even more interesting molecules. Um, so kind of the the seller and what I kind of try to tell people to get them interested is what if we could use chemicals derived from biomass to synthesize all the chemicals we would ever want or need? Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we make things that are commodity chemicals or maybe more designer chemicals like things that are in pharmaceuticals, um, how could we potentially make them from biomass? Um, so that was kind of the, the end part of my PhD, the reactions that finally kind of worked Mm -hmm. had to do with that.
0: Well, that's really cool. So what catalysts did you end up working with?
1: Yeah. So after trying for a few years with, with iron oxide and, and cobalt, I decided why not just go the completely opposite side? And so I ended up using gold palladium. Ah, wow. So gold palladium alloys. So yeah, I went from really being super um, transition metal, really earth abundance to the complete opposite.
0: <laughs> so so like expensive and rare. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> well, yes. Um, but better. what's neat about them is, yeah, what what's neat about them is that you don't have to use as much.
0: Right. Um, yeah.
1: So th- they're really low catalyst loadings. So that's the argument I always make.
0: Which <laughs> is really great. Like you only need a little bit and it just you got you've got the reaction that just goes for essentially ever. Not really, but like, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, cuz you know, you always yeah, you always learn in in chemistry that a catalyst is something that you're supposed to be able to reuse and reuse without degradation that's the theory behind what a catalyst does it's not really supposed to interfere with the reaction um so it's it's interesting to have a catalyst that is so stable that you can keep reusing it and reusing it and reusing it um so
0: so um the mechanism by which the catalysis occurs with with these gold palladium um alloys is that
1: known um, So. People have tried um, studying gold's effect on palladium. So palladium is typically thought of as the more um, catalytically active metal. Um, mm-hmm. So if you look through all of the literature, people are always trying to do stuff with palladium. Right. Um, so it's actually kind of weird that you would want something with gold. Um, so what our lab was great at was trying to synthesize nanoparticles of the same size and the same shape with various... De- compositions. So let's say we could have one that one alloy that has 25% gold and 75% palladium, one that is 50-50 and one that is the other way that it's palladium uh, deficient. Mm-hmm. And we can study this just the effect of composition on a catalytic reaction. So sometimes that small difference um, makes a big difference in how it actually performs catalytically. Um, so we were able to study that um, for some reactions.
0: Well, that's really cool. So, okay, so from my understanding, an alloy is is basically like a solid mixture, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, I, I just wonder how how do the gold atoms and the palladium atoms arrange themselves? Like, I, I'd imagine because it is an alloy, it's not a crystalline structure
1: so it is oh it is it is crystalline Mm -hmm.
0: whoa how does that work
1: yeah um so um alloys can form solid solution Mm -hmm. type structures um if you synthesize them so the way that we synthesize them um the gold and the palladium um mix during the synthesis procedure i see Um, so they, yeah, so they can form in, in your reaction pot and how you make your nanoparticles. Um, and they can both deposit together and form the alloy structure. So it's called a solid solution.
0: Oh, I see. So, um, what, what lattice arrangement do they typically form or are they different?
1: Um, so it's usually FCC, um, cubic. Yeah. Yeah fcc
0: cubic so what,
1: oh is, what does um, fcc mean fcc yeah face centered cubic <laughs> i'm not really good at crystal structure <laughs> oh that's all
0: good that's all good i i actually knew it was face center cubic but i just for the listeners at home um fcc is face center cubic and i had i
1: yeah i just had a double check i i write in all the papers like fcc and then i was like what if i'm saying what if i'm like actually saying it wrong
0: um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just maybe. write FCC and usually right. Like it you be like, oh, like was it? Is it like orthorhombic or is it like?
1: hexagonal? Yeah. I don't
0: know if hexagonal. Yeah, no, or it's, is, but
1: uh, pretty much your basic run of the mill FCC.
0: Isn't there like a? FCC. There's like there's one that's more basic than face center cubic. I feel like, like just just like um. the, the cubic lattice structure.
1: Well, yeah, that's like um rock salt. Ah,
0: yes, yes, that's what
1: it is. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: That's exciting. So yeah. no, it doesn't form... That's pretty
1: much the limit. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. So, okay, so then... Um, so the lattice arrangement is face-center cubic, but you did also mention that uh, you you vary the ratios of um, palladium to gold. And so I was wondering, like, when you say increase the amount of palladium compared to gold, do those metal centers like switch or is there like a spe- like, is it like each corner is palladium and gold is at the center or gold is at each corner and palladium is at the center? Or like, is there like a mix of the two?
1: So unfortunately with the, the FCC, lattice that we kind of maintain when we're synthesizing gold palladium, we actually can't predict where they're going to be. It's pretty much an equal opportunity that gold or palladium is going to occupy any of the sites. Um, There are ways for certain metals to control, um, which where metals will go. And that's a whole other area of research um, in my lab where we did it for certain types of alloys. So like iron platinum and cobalt platinum, there are ways that you can actually control. You can actually have like a layer by layer structure. Um, You can control where the iron and the platinum go. Unfortunately Mm -hmm. for this type of FCC synthesis, you can't really control where exactly it's going. You kind of have to carefully look and see if um, when you're taking XRD. So however you're trying to probe, your crystal structure, you're trying to understand what kind of crystal you have, mm-hmm. you're gonna see a slight shift. Um, and that kind of tells you that you're distributing the metals equally. Yeah. So that's kind of an important thing that we look for.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so- It's kind of
1: neat that you can kind of see how that's, you can probe the crystal structure um, just by taking a XRD measurement.
0: Oh, XRD. How lovely you are, uh, man! I, I'm, I'm like subtly, also jealous. Um, I, I don't get to characterize my, my nanoparticles with XRG because my nanoparticles are amorphous. So there is no crystal structure. Oh. We do not, we do not know what's going on on the inside of my nanoparticles. It's, uh, that is what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a part of that's a part of the. That's a part of the Part of the project, but um, very much enjoying it. Uh, but uh, that's so that's so wild. So I I just have to pause and and reflect on you know we uh, you have these catalysts that are gold and palladium, which are like pretty heavy metals, uh, yeah. and uh, and these are being used to to catalyze biomass reactions which seem to be like on the total opposite like end of the spectrum in terms of chemistry so you have the chemistry of life and then chemistry that's like metal like rocks
1: yeah like
0: pretty rocks <laughs> pretty expensive yeah, rocks.
1: shiny shiny rocks shiny, <laughs> little,
0: shiny rocks uh so how does that how does that how do they how does that even work how do they fit like that's so wild.
1: Yeah, it's 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 different to to think about. And when you're trying to design catalyst, um, sometimes it's it's really hit and miss. Like you try a whole bunch of things. Um, you try to rationally design what you're gonna do. You try to figure out what you want to do next, like based on reading the literature and stuff like that. But a lot of it is just you know, trying and then accidentally finding that something works. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a lot of things of my PhD were just accidental yeah. going away from one project to another one and just jumping around projects and um, accidentally falling into something that you really like and yeah. you really want to do more of. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it was a lot of that. And that's kind of what happened with gold palladium and and this whole biomass conversion type reactions that I was trying.
0: So how did you, like, so you stumbled upon, like, gold palladium catalysis and and biomass reactions. How?
1: Um, So we had two postdocs in the lab um, and one had been trying for a while, um, to work on, um, these biomass conversion reactions, um, but they, w- uh, she wasn't really getting anywhere with them and she was only here for like a year. Um, and then she left and kind of just left a project that was kind of just up in the air. Um, and the other postdoc was starting to work on these types of organic chemistry reactions. Um, he did a lot of stuff with like, trying to synthesize polymers mm-hmm. with nanoparticles. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had this whole other type of approach. Um, and so we started working together on things. He was very collaborative and very open um, to working together, um, which was kind of neat because um, that's, not, that's not the default. You know, that's not how everybody was during my PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that um so it was really nice that he kind of opened up his project to me and I got to help him and I synthesized a bunch of palladium alloys for his project um like he was doing nickel palladium and silver palladium and he was synthesizing all these palladium alloys and so I helped him with that um and so while I was doing that um you know we we made the gold palladium synthesis a lot better than it was um so then we started trying it for some reactions and then I saw that the other postdoc had left and kind of left that reaction on on the back burner. So then it's kind of how I fell into it.
0: So what I'm hearing is you went for the gold. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, it's like all I'm hearing is like nickel and like silver. Is like, no, 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 I'm going for the gold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, it really came down to, you know, you know what it came down to? And, and Sophia, our, our mutual friend, she would probably laugh at this because, um, I I hated doing ICP prep. Uh, so ICP <laughs> is how you how you manage the the the, the metal contents, but I hated doing it on silver because silver can precipitate in oh, no. um, silver chloride can precipitate. So I hated doing the ICP prep. So then I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to do gold." And then <laughs> it was almost solely it was almost solely because of icp i don't think i told her that yet okay. i feel like i should have told her well
0: <laughs> sophia jelani if you are listening to this one here's a shout out Two, uh now you know but um i i also do ICP. i also hate ICP. yeah like i also uh, like I, I don't hate it but i feel strongly enough about it to write a parody expressing my grievances <laughs> about it <laughs> um yeah I, I have to do icp on my nanoparticles as well because uh yes. like you know my nanoparticles are largely organic like in fact i can make them entirely without metals um and so wow. we yeah yeah it's great it, it's a it's a polymer it's a pot well, it's a biopolymer well yeah it's a biopolymer of uh, melanin um, and it, it mimics melanin. It's it's super great. We we load it with oh. with metals actually. Um, so so basically, right? I have this material that is not magnetic, um, and I yes. can load iron into it to make it magnetic. And that's how we're trying to approach um, characterizing the local structure because we don't know any. We don't really know much about it. Uh, and so like that's what I've been working on. Oh. Um, and so I have to do ICP to figure out, well, did the metal exchange? ICP how much metal? Cared? Yeah, how much How much of what metals are there? Are there trace amounts of metals? Do we care? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, ICP
1: is- That sounds like the ICP is valuable.
0: Yeah. So ICP is is valuable and I appreciate it. Uh, so I can't say that I hate it, but I feel strongly about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
1: God. I know. Uh like the whole lab, whenever it's ICP day, it the is. whole lab would change. It oh. would be like a totally different dynamic. Everybody would be frenzied. They'd be running around. Mm-hmm. There'd be music mm-hmm. loudly playing in the background. Usually <laughs> like some sort of rap music <laughs> would be there. And, like everybody would be like running around, like screaming, like, do you have nitric acid? I have nitric acid. Do you have nitric <laughs> That's like one of my actually acid? favorite. <laughs> that was like one of my actually one of my favorite memories for my phd would be would be every um yeah whatever day we did ICP because it would just be like a it would be crazy and if you weren't doing ICP you would be like oh my gosh what is going on in here yeah
0: yeah no I um so I am I think the one in our lab that uses ICP the most, just because we do care about Mm -hmm. the concentration of the the metal right because because in order for us to to do take the magnetic analyses um we need to know the concentration of the metal uh what's interesting is is there's another there's another um person in my lab who also does icp and not too long ago um by not too long ago i mean yesterday uh, he he was like (laughs) uh are, are, are you going to icp and i was like yeah and he's like what, what when are you going to ICP and I was like next week and he's like can I can I like slide in two samples for you to to take over to ICP and I'm like yeah I can do that and I'm over here like oh my <laughs> god like what if I mess this up like oh my god like if it's my sample it's fine I can always like do it again but like it's his sample and so I was like ah, what do I do? oh uh, so I'm like I'm like I'm gonna like not mess this up which is which is like this is my Third, this will be my third time doing ICP, and yes. it's not—it's not much. Like I will be doing more in the future. Um, I'm just currently—I'm currently,
1: yeah.
0: I'm currently uh, focused on writing. But um, yeah, like uh, oh man, ICP, ICP yeah. is just—you
1: it up, you won't mess it up, and then like they will appreciate it no matter what. You right. know? Yeah. That's what. That's what.
0: I just I'm glad that we we all feel very strongly about ACP. Like I'm I know like I, I think it's a phenomenal uh, analytic technique, and it's so useful. It's magical. Like, it's phenomenal. Magical, it's I think. But you know, like it's also like oh man, like. Those dilutions. Those dilutions. <laughs> Whew. Or like, that
1: digestion.
0: Yeah. Or like, like, like the nitric acid has to be ultra pure. Like we have to go, like we have to get millicule water and, and prepare the, the yes. nitric acid. Yeah. And the, nitri- the nitric acid itself has to be ultra pure before we, we dilute that down. Uh, we have to rinse yep. all of the, the, you know, the um, sample tubes like, three times with nitric acid, yep. just to be sure, just for good measure. Yeah, um, and just then to be with, sure,
1: because you never know what metal just lurking around. Right? Like, it's just, I, I just can think of so
0: many memes of metal just lurking around and, and like, being <laughs> being careful to not, like, or, like, if you're using a glass pipette to, like, not do that um, or just rinse everything yeah. with nitric acid. Just do that. It's just, like, it's fine. Everything is, <laughs> acid. oh, man oh man Uh, Uh,
1: not not doing that anymore mm -mm. yeah wow
0: well I will be I that's um that is that is there's gonna be a lot of that in my future which is fine like I feel like you know the more that I do it the less intimidating it'll be um, I like, oh, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I remember the first time, yeah, the first time I did it, I was like really nervous because like we have to, we had to digest the gold palladium or whenever we do platinum things, we have to like digest it in aqua regia and that's like the same thing. <laughs> um,
0: oh, aqua <okay. laughs> regia.
1: So I remember I was really, yeah, I was really intimidated by that. Like, you know, it was like my third week in the lab and then I was like, how do we know how many metals are there? And I'm like, oh yeah, just like put a ton of aqua regia on. And I was like, wait, a ton, like how many, like how many pipettes like, <laughs> do I need to do Is I
0: da- all of the
1: yeah pipettes. it was I was like are you are you kidding me are you kidding me right now are you okay we, we need to do this
0: <laughs> Just like going to hazmat suit yeah. like oh man oh man yeah like <laughs> man do I have a meme for you about aquaregia but okay. <laughs> oh man okay well uh so I have one final question and the final question okay. was what is your favorite cake flavor and why?
1: Hmm, so I think, I think what I mentioned before, I think that it's definitely chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Um, I particularly like if it's warm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's warm chocolate cake, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I particularly like if there's some sort of chocolate that is melting over it. I, I would it. be okay with like some sort of, other thing melting over it like maybe like a melty peanut butter sauce Hmm. I'd be okay with too okay um but there should be something that is melting to make it
0: more (laughs) something that is melting and 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 I I should want to clarify by melting it's probably something that is dessert like because the first thing that came to my mind was cheese and I don't think melting cheese over Mm. the cake would would I mean like if that's something that you want to try like you go for it you live your life you're an adult you can make your own decisions but like I, I just, <laughs> but I
1: don't know. I don't know. Like, there's some dessert cheeses. There's some dessert cheeses that probably wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, maybe like one that's a bit milder, less sharp. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: What
0: about what about a scoop of think. ice cream melting over this cake, and then the the cake? Yes, I could, I could. I yeah.
1: could. Yeah, as long as the cake was still warmed mm-hmm. and like the, the warmness of the cake was helping to melt the ice cream, right? Then I'd be okay.
0: Okay. What about like when we topped it with like a maraschino cherry and whipped cream?
1: Mm, I don't know. I'm not like a huge fan of whipped cream. Oh,
0: okay. That's fair. That's you know. That's so fine. I'd prefer
1: the whipped cream not on it. Okay. You no know whipped. Cream. Everything else on. It.
0: Okay. All right. So so melting ice cream and melting peanut butter sauce. And maybe even melting caramel. How do we feel about yes, caramel? Yeah,
1: I would be okay with that. And yeah, the maraschino yeah cherry. I'd be okay with that too.
0: Okay. I would be yes. concerned if the maraschino cherry was was melting. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe it's a little too hot. <laughs> it's
0: like, is this is this a volcano cake or just a volcano? Who knows? Um, yeah,
1: I, I feel like, yeah, this is kind of the discussion. Like, you know, when you give students um, the to write a procedure about something like you know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich mm-hmm. i feel like this is where the students could take this and then run the wrong way with it Like <laughs> if they say, heat the chocolate cake they're gonna heat it to like 400 degrees like the oven
0: 400 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit
1: i don't know yeah or back. Kelvin i don't know <laughs> <laughs> to Kelvin who's not even heating it
0: well oh, yeah 400, 400 is just like slightly above room temperature now
1: yeah it's not that hot oh wait no 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 maybe it is
0: because room temperature
1: it's a hundred degrees above warm yeah a hundred degrees above never mind it's it's a lot hotter than room temperature
0: where is room temperature 390 298, 298
1: 298 okay 298 that works yeah yeah, so it'd be warmer. That actually would probably be wow. the the socially acceptable heat of a chocolate cake. Would probably be <laughs> around. Uh, maybe a little too warm, but that's not bad. Four hundred Kelvin. Whoa! Better than four hundred Celsius. Oh my gosh! just. I feel like we just. <laughs> yeah, we we discovered something right now.
0: <laughs> okay, so the best the best uh the best temperature to keep your cake is at four hundred Kelvin. Not four hundred degrees Fahrenheit, maybe. maybe, maybe. we'll we'll have to okay. At home, not, but you have yeah. a you have a new experiment. go go see if yeah. safely, safely, uh, four hundred degrees, wow. don't do don't do four hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Also, don't do four hundred degrees Celsius. Four hundred Kelvin is a chocolate cake. <laughs> like warm enough. Uh, all right, yes, well, <laughs> well, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me today and chatting with me about catalysts and nanoparticles. Um, it was so sweet to have you. Uh, to the listeners at home. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. To the listeners at home. If you would like to follow the many catalytic adventures of Michelle, you can follow her on Twitter at MishMuzz, and uh, I will link her handle in the description. And if you would like to be a part of the hype, you can follow me on Twitter at ChemistryCake. And for updates about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at ChemistryCakeOnline. Folks, it is always a pleasure to have you and to serve as your official and designated hype person. Thanks for tuning in. This is Chemistry Cake signing off.